We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, this is Megan Rapino, and I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A Touch More. New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. The Timeline is a Blue Wire podcast. All right, you're hearing our voices before you normally would because this is our 100th episode of this podcast, which is very exciting for me and I'm sure very exciting for Sam. We just wanted to come on before the podcast starts to explain what's about to happen and what you're about to hear. This is a Zoom call, for those of you who don't know, that basically is a massive call that's open to as many people as possible where anyone can come on and talk about the Suns. We open this up to all of our previous guests and Suns fans. So you're about to hear a lot of stuff happening, but you'll hear some voices you recognize, maybe a few that you don't, but yeah. That's what it's all about, though. You know, it's our 100th episode, but this is about community. We wanted, we've been kind of opening this up to Twitter the past couple days and advertising it on Twitter. Um, And we wanted to get as wide, cast as wide a net into the community as possible and bring some people in. There's a lot of people that we've had on the podcast uh, before that were able to join us for for parts of the episode. Um, And so I thank them for that. But yeah, you're about to hear a lot of voices. And it's awesome. Yeah, a lot of voices. Most most of them you'll recognize. Sam and I, of course, talk a lot. Um, I think this went really well. If you would like to join us, I think this is something that we will try to do again in the future. We've talked even about uh, starting a Discord channel, things like that. These Zoom calls are something that we can do in the future. If you don't follow us already on Twitter, I'm at Protected Pick. Sam is at Scooper Hoops. You can find both of us online. Follow us, and we'll talk about when we're going to do this in the future. I hope you enjoy it. If you have a really good time, let us know. If you don't like it, just send us a DM. Don't put it out in public. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Just, uh, just don't. Just let us know. Actually, no, we do want to know how we can improve. Um, 
on 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 a another i guess kind of a more serious note i do want to say thank you to everyone for listening to us for 100 episodes we appreciate your support uh i'm sure not all of you have listened to all 100 i'm not even sure i have uh but we do appreciate all of your support that you've shown us in in the last two years any other thoughts sam i literally have not been here for 100 episodes you just made me realize you did a couple (laughs) you did a couple without me remember you did uh you talked to rashawn holmes's mom that's without true. me and then you had that episode with john bloom instead of me yeah and i Shit. think one uh i our... should not partake in this achievement <laughs> i should have to i should be forced to wait a couple of weeks a couple episodes and then you can say it's 100 episodes yeah, for you. yeah. <laughs> all right let's get to it This meeting is being recorded. All right, here we go. I hope you guys can hear me. Feel free to respond in the chat. Sam, are you here? Yeah, I'm just fucking with you. I'm here. (laughs) You son of a bitch. (laughs) As if I wasn't nervous enough about this already. Uh, Thank you for everyone joining us live. This is the first time we've ever done anything like this, of course. We're very happy to have you. I see some familiar names in our uh, participants here. Uh, I'm just going to shout out everyone right away. Justin, easy. Hello. Hello. <laughs> hello. Jacob, hello. Caitlin, my sister. Uh, someone, <laughs> someone named M. Betts. Uh, Scott Coleman. Oh, that's Matt. That's Matt. I Hi, think Matt. I know him. Um, Scott and Tyden. Hi, guys. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Of course. Um, I guess it's best that I just start this as like we would start a normal podcast, right, Sam? I guess so. Um, Okay, well, I'm going to do it. Welcome to the timeline of Phoenix Suns podcast. Very happy to have everyone here. My name is Mike. You guys all know that. I'm here with Sam. You guys all know that. Sam, how are you doing? I'm good. Uh, This feels really fucking weird. I'm not going (laughs) to lie, but but I think it... It's going to be a little chaotic. I think it felt fitting because it kind of matches what all of us are going through right now collectively. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to like, the only reason we have a podcast is because of our listeners, right? And so I guess there's there's already so many people in here. I kind of don't want to make this about the two of us and just like us talking back and forth, but I want it to be as inclusive as possible um, and really focusing on, on this community that has been behind us. Um, and has been behind the Suns through two of the worst <laughs> years in franchise history. So I don't know. It's, it's just like the, the fact that there's even, let's see, there's 10 people. Someone else just joined. The fact that there's 10 people in here right now on May 13th with as bad as the Suns have been in the first place uh, and now a month out from, from any basketball having been played, it's just absurd. But it speaks to the level of commitment of this fan base and, and hopefully better times coming in the future. So I'm good. Yeah, um, it's kind of funny because when we were planning this podcast, uh, what I told Sam was, let's try and think of the best things that uh, happened either in the podcast or in the Suns community in the last two years. And that was 
um, not fun <laughs> to think of the last two years and what happened, but there was still a lot of interesting, interesting things. I think we just had a couple interesting people just join. I want to shout out, uh, first of all, Sean Alshadi just joined and I want to oh, shout shit. him out because he is the first guest we ever had on our podcast. Uh, for those who don't know Sean Alshadi, he writes about MMA and actually the only sport that's happening right now uh, in the United States. <laughs> and uh, he joined us because he's a Suns fan on our ninth, I believe it was our ninth episode, the only, the first time we ever had uh, a guest. So, so Sean, can you hear us? Yes, sir. Happy Thank to be back on, man. Yeah, how are you doing? Oh, you know, I'm doing. <laughs> I'm trying <laughs> to survive out here in the middle of a pandemic, but I'm doing good, man. How about you guys? We're doing we're all pretty, right. We're, we're doing all right. Yeah, Sean, I've <laughs> been following you on Twitter for, for a couple of years now, ever since you came on our podcast. I feel like I've seen you become more and more cynical about the Suns situation over the past couple of years. How, how are you feeling... <laughs> Phoenix, you know, we, we, were, we, were, we were riding a bit of a high, going on pace for maybe 30, 35 wins before the whole coronavirus hit. How are you feeling about the Suns this year? Because I feel like we haven't checked in on it in a while. I like that you say we're, we were riding a high on pace That's for a 30 high. wins. On it's pace a high. 30 wins. <laughs> hey, man, I'll take, th- I'll take 30 over 19 or 20 or whatever we've had. Yeah. The last- <laughs> I, at, this point, at this point, does it even matter? Like, you're right. I'm, at this point, I'm pretty cynical. I'm not going to lie. It's been so long. I think, I think the thing that broke me, at least for a little bit this season, just for a little bit, was the Aiton thing because I was so heavily right. Doncic uh. for that draft. And I was, <laughs> I was like a fan of Doncic for like a couple of years before that draft. I was watching the Spanish League games because I'm an insane person. And <laughs> the fact that we skipped over him and then Aiton kind of didn't seem to have panned out, that kind of – that's what got me low. But then, of course, he comes back and he, all of a sudden he's a monster on defense. Right. So right. I feel like that, that lifted my spirits a little bit, but still like – what like how long is this going to take you know like <laughs> what are we, we going to be the the 12th seed for the next three years like i i don't know i just so how did you feel about Aiton at the end of the season you felt better i felt better um i don't know <laughs> that i mean the people who are redoing these drafts and taking him fifth behind like jjj and and absurd uh, michael porter <laughs> and stuff people my co-workers over at the athletic like that's insane to me uh yeah but yeah, I mean, I still obviously we still obviously made the wrong choice, but maybe he pans out <laughs> to some degree, and we can at least become an eight seed or something. I my expectations are so low at this point. Oh come on, you got to be a little more optimistic than that. I want to shout out some people who just joined. Cody Hunt yeah. joined in. I see him over there. Oh, Not Andrew Lezis joining in. Uh, Andrew, I'm assuming that's Andrew Lezis <laughs> joining yeah, us instead, <laughs> instead of playing Warzone. What's up, Andrew? How's it going? What's up, man? How's it going, guys? Hey, we're, we're doing pretty well over here, and uh, I'm. We got John Bloom. John Bloom as well. John Bloom has been a guest on our podcast a couple of times, so it's so nice to have him before. have him join back. He did co-host before one time when I wasn't able to make it. John, can you hear us out there? Oh no, is he muted? Uh, he might be muted. I, I'm I'm there with you now. I there he is. Out. What's happening, everybody? John, hey, we're Thank we're doing you. pretty well out here. I mean, honestly, I think at this point, guys. Let me just reiterate for, for people who are joining, because I see more numbers joining in now. It's our 100th episode. It's not about Mike and I. I. I'm honestly like, this is an open conversation. Anyone can just join in. In fact, you know, I want to make the suggestion, if anyone has like a particular memory of the past two years of the Suns that they want to share, something that stands out to them, if anyone wants to go live 
hot take hotline style. Like if you have a particular <laughs> hot take that you want to throw out and everyone can kind of just react to that, you can have Mike and I react to that. You know, we can, we can be using the chat function too. So we're, we're just basically figuring this out as it goes I, along. I, I we have, should discuss I have Devin Booker and Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> oh no classic classic i will say a memory for me you know you watch these you watch people on tv you listen to them on the radio john bloom is someone that of course has been the part of the voice of the Suns for a long time and i i remember thinking that guy seems like a really nice guy and then he came on the podcast it turns out guys john bloom is a really nice guy like a really nice guy so john thank you for joining us one of the one of the people i think that helped legitimize us and make, make people kind of trust that we were, were not messing with them with starting a podcast. So thank you, John Bloom. Well, thank you, uh, Mike and Sam and everybody who's there, because obviously I don't have a job if it isn't for any of you guys. Uh, because, you know, we, we uh, look, uh, this is such a weird time, obviously, but, but I do want to be uh, serious for a second and say congrats on making it to 100 episodes. I've done a shitload of podcasts, and, and none of them have come close to the century mark. So uh, congratulations. <laughs> For, for getting that many in and, uh, you know, even doing them sporadically when we have absolutely no basketball to talk about. And that is brutal. I know it is. And, and, and yet I listen. I'm always listening. You know that. <laughs> Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah. As far as, um, as far as son's memories go, if, if anyone doesn't mind, if I, if I kind of started off, I'm over here yeah, on the East coast. For it, man. It's, already, uh, it's already midnight where I'm at, but, um, yeah, I live over in Pennsylvania, so I don't really get to see much uh, Suns basketball too often. So the one game that I went to recently was in 2017 when Devin Booker lit the Sixers up for 46 points. Whoa. I got to see that live, and it was the best experience of my life by far. Everybody on this call knows that game. <laughs> oh, and I, I tell you what, like that game, like I watched the highlights on TV, and I was like, man, this dude was going crazy. But seeing it live, the, oh, and, man, the I, pump fake move every, over JJ Redick. Yeah, classic. Is, all my friends are Sixers fans, so the whole time they're telling me, like, Even oh, better. God, we're getting torched, we're getting torched. And I'm telling them, like, like we're going to win this game. They did not believe me. They said the Suns had no chance. <laughs> we went in there and smoked them. Devin Booker, if I recall, he started off that game like one for eight or something like that. Yeah. Like he started off real, real slow. Yep, so one for eight. These geezers behind me are, oh, he's a chuck. He's a chuck. Take him out. And I turned <laughs> around and I said, listen here, fellas, he's going to light you up. <laughs> <laughs> and you were right. I, I was sitting right on the aisle seat. I was clapping my hands, telling him, hey, next, next time, guys, next time. <laughs> the exit's early. It was great. That's but, a really fun one to go to. I'm, I'm glad that there was some Suns fans. I'm sure you weren't the only one. Oh, no. Uh, but what kind of sucks for me this year is with this whole Corona thing, my girlfriend and I actually had tickets to go to the game, but two weeks before it was canceled. And I still have not received a refund because the league of course. postponed, not yeah. canceled. So we <laughs> waiting on our $300 back. All right. The well, is not cheap. I know Andrew Lezis, I assume you have a memory that you prepared in a freestyle rap for us because that's what we agreed on. So Andrew, Me? I, <laughs> I thought John Bloom was going to rap. What the heck? Nah. <laughs> what do you mean? I mean, Andrew, you know, another uh, guest of the podcast who joined us for a very, very fun episode. I can't believe you guys ever let me on your podcast. <laughs> We're going to do it again. That's when I knew Neither the podcast was going down. That was one of my favorite episodes. <laughs> You're on it right now, Andrew. <laughs> Dude, that's sick. I've been wanting to get back on it. But no, man, like, I don't know. This year's, like, for me, this year was actually, like, really fun. Because this was, like, the first year that I felt like, 
like I, I would tweet a lot back in the day, but it was mostly just like I hate this team. I hate <laughs> that this is part of my life, and I hate that I have to watch these guys for the rest of my life. But like this year, I feel like I tweeted like every game, and like I don't know why I did, but I I just did. And like the Suns community that we like built up, like I feel like it's getting stronger and stronger. And I don't know. Th- this year for me, it's just been like one of the the best years ever. Even though it's like the weirdest year because DeAndre got suspended for twenty five games. Um, <laughs> It seems like the team could never get healthy. Then Kelly got hurt, and then like it—it was a weird year. But that it just felt like the most Suns year of all time because it feels like we were throwing a parade after the first two weeks, (laughs) and then it's like, oh no, we still suck, but like we suck less. So like we're we're all like really excited for the future. I will say, let me jump in here really quickly because it's—it was so fun those first like two and a half weeks seeing. Because, like, all of this has been so pent up for all of us for so long to see Suns Twitter just become so full of ourselves and really puffing our chest out and just <laughs> oh yeah like, oh no 100 percent oh dude to see like the whole i was calling everybody team, out the first two weeks dude <laughs> it was amazing it was a decade of just pent up blue balls just unloading oh yeah there were so many old screenshots being shared of old tweets of how crappy the suns were i assume you guys the funny thing is voice. that's dave king dave thank you for joining us hey oh how's it going guys Good, hundred episodes, twenty-two people in episodes right now. Yeah. How many, Dave? How many have you done with a solar panel now? A thousand? Oh God, Jesus! I don't know. <laughs> Feels like a thousand. Dave, yeah. I have to, I have to ask you a question. Uh, you have to be honest with me. Uh, when you saw that there was another Suns podcast when we first started doing this podcast, were you like, "Oh no, another one"? Oh, no. <laughs> Absolutely not. I know. Seriously, I've I've said this before, and I really. I fully believe it. There's no competition. I think this is just awesome. It just gets more people together talking about the Suns. Um, I absolutely know. I, I loved it. I loved it when there's eight, eight or ten. I mean, how many Suns <laughs> podcasts are there? There's so there's many. There's a lot now. There's a lot, yeah. I, I will say insane. just I listen just to, to most all of them. <laughs> just to give Dave some credit, he's always been really, really nice to us uh, throughout this. Yeah, now you say it. Now that I said that, <laughs> yeah. well, he didn't. Ha- yeah, you didn't have to be nice to you us. Didn't have you were to, anyway. no, absolutely not. And you've always been supportive, and, and you've come on the podcast, I believe, multiple times now. And we obviously we appreciate you and appreciate you joining us uh, now for this episode. Do you have any memory? What is your favorite memory, Dave, of the last two years, which we started, by the way, for those who don't know, there's 22 people, just to re- reiterate, there's 22 people in this uh, Zoom call right now. Thank you for everyone being here and everyone listening later on the podcast. We started this podcast the day after DeAndre Ayton was uh, drafted, which of course we thought was a new era of Suns basketball. <laughs> hey, I still believe it. I still believe it. <laughs> well, no, of course. He's, he's, you don't have a choice. You have to That's believe right. Yeah, of course. Uh, and, and then of course, all the way up until now, there's been a few weeks that we've taken time off, but really not many. It's been basically almost every single week since then. Uh, Dave, what do you think? Do you have any idea what your favorite memory of the last two years was? Oh man. I mean, outside that seven and four start where we all felt like, you know, we'd arrived. Yeah. I mean, I literally wrote an article that there's no way the Suns won't make the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> I went. Uh, That's just my article about how we're going to win the championship, no doubt. <laughs> I went. Well, I mean, I was just happy for playoff contention. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I, I was already chasing a ring. I was, I was past the playoffs. I was chasing a ring already. <laughs> oh fuck, man! I've just been happy with one playoff game that I could sit <laughs> for on one playoff game. That's all I want. <laughs> I went on the. They don't go for second round. I just want one. <laughs> 
I went on the B-Ball Index podcast and I said, you know, there's, there's data. The data doesn't say that this is going to slow down anytime soon. And then immediately after that, the sun started <laughs> sucking. Like literally the next week is when they well, started. You know, yeah, the basketball gods said, you know, here's a middle finger to your dad. I got too cocky. Everybody out of the lineup. It doesn't help. The saddest part is every time we'd lose, I would just be like, it's funny. All these people think we're just going to fall down and be bad again. Because like I was in my head, we were already just like the best. And like instantly, I'm like, these people think just we, it, it went from like, dude, one loss in a row or one loss doesn't matter. And two, two losses don't matter. Three in a row. And then it's like, okay, we've lost five in a row, but we'll be all right. And then we just lost seven in a row. And then I'm like, okay, just wait till DeAndre comes back. And then I mean, that kind of sucked. And then we were just bad again. Yeah, it's we so- did it on, on solar panel for sure. But I still remember a timeline pod where your title of the pod was it's okay, you know, when we're 11 and 12 or something. Like that. It's <laughs> no, okay. it's not. Everything's it never fine. is. Yeah, no? <laughs> I just find it really funny how the league didn't even give DeAndre Ayton more than one game before they're like, okay, something's up. And yeah. they tested him right away. He had four blocks. They had to test him. Yeah, four. yeah. Oh, man, this guy's playing defense. He's clearly juicy. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest, all open 24 hours a day and all online. Go to betonline.ag. And use promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. Bet online, your online wagering solution. Guys, look in the last longer and go a few extra rounds. Get to BlueChew.com. BlueChew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. They've got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And since they're chewable, they work faster. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. Blue Chew's online physician is free of cost, and once approved, your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. Here's a great deal for you guys. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free when you use the promo code BLUEWIRE. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-CHEW.com, promo code BLUEWIRE. Wait, hey, is that, is that... Where you were? Is that Kellen Olson? I see. Kellen Olson, show yourself. Kellen, show yourself. (laughs) Hi. Hi. Hello. Hey, Kellen, you got a favorite memory? What's your favorite memory of the sun season? I'm putting you on the spot right now. Because you can't can't just slide in here and not introduce yourself like that. (laughs) I thought I could just sit here and say one thing and then leave. Um, I'm just kidding. Uh, Favorite memory of the season? Didn't we talk about this when I came on a couple weeks ago? What did I say? I can't even remember. We might have. I, (laughs) I can't even remember what I said. (laughs) um i i do like i do like the just like it's so suns like uh you guys were just talking about earlier it's very sunsy that as soon as things started to look right especially when deandre was playing it all went downhill it just kind of it kind of feels like the way things are supposed to go unfortunately it it weirdly feels at home when things like that happen i know i embrace that more than others but yeah (laughs) that's my answer i guess I think you might have been one of the few people that was like relatively level-headed during that seven and four start. Well, that's Kellen. The rest of He's us always not fireworks and, and planning. No, that's me in a nutshell. You're always going to bring us back down to earth, man. You're yeah. the best at that. Yeah. No, He's always grounded. 
I kill all optimism. That's pretty much. It's not, it's not killing optimism, man, though. It's bringing facts and and we need that in this community to an extent. (laughs) Well, we've also needed Kellen's undying devotion and, and and support of Devin Booker. Nobody, not letting anybody call Devin Booker a bad player. Uh Oh, that, and obviously he's right, you know, but there was a lot of, there was a lot of criticism for a couple of years and Kellen's like, fuck y'all. They will, Dave will remember like back in like 2015, 2016, like when we were just like this small little contingent, you know, and it's been really cool to see so many different voices from like our group come up over the past couple like years, but also just like the last 18 months in particular. Mm. It's been really neat. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of, I guess that's kind of when we got started too. I do still feel like this is like the dawn of a new age, man. You know, you got, you got, DeAndre Ayton, look, he might not have been the best number one choice you could have taken, but he's a damn good player. And uh, Devin Booker, obviously. And with Ayton being able to play defense, I mean, this is a good actual foundation. I'm just waiting for Sarver to screw it up. <laughs> I, I still think Ayton is the pick. As good as Luka is, Ayton is far more what we needed, I believe, than – I mean, Luka's great. Luka's well, there'd be a huge hole in the middle. If it was just Luca and Devin, I get that, but no, I mean we probably would have gotten Capella or something. In that <laughs> yeah, way. there's it's yeah. easy to find a guy to just. You guys remember the rumors about how the Suns were going to pursue Capella and Jeff Luca? Remember when yeah. that came out? I'm like, there's no way. And, now, and when, then we hired Igor and we won the lottery. Uh, <laughs> the ever picking the lottery. Speaking After of Luca, we won the lottery. <laughs> yes, I literally like shit Luca. Here, I'm like, let's go. Wait, wait. Speaking of Luca, I see. I see someone else just joined our chat over here. Richard Stamen. AKA. Is in here somewhere, aka. Wait, is he here? He just he fucking disappeared. No, he might have left. He no, you're name. here. You guys might know this guy's Mavs draft on Twitter. Oh yeah, here we go. Let me let me tell you. Hey, let me tell you a secret about this guy. Luca Doncic, real quick. Can we all just boo? <laughs> y'all are like, I'm, gonna to, uh, I'm gonna have to change. Y'all are not gonna like the background because uh, it's got some Mavs stuff. But y'all are gonna like this. Ready? That's okay. Oh no, what's gonna happen? Here? Show us. Show us your background. Yeah, I was going to call this out. I was going to call this out. I was going to say the secret that this guy won't tell Mavs Twitter. He's on Mavs Twitter every day, and he won't tell them that he wears a fucking DeAndre Ayton jersey all around, dude. He does that constantly, and then he DMs me about it, how it says, like, his dirty little secret that he's a Mavs fan who actually like likes DeAndre Ayton. I like how he DeAndre just did a quick cameo. <laughs> just a quick video and then he's out. He didn't want to let us take a screenshot of that. Right, right, hold on, hold on. Let, me, let me get the background right. Let me get the Mavs stuff in the background. Wait, I got to get my sure. camera ready. I'm All not right, sure right. if anybody could see my camera. What do you guys think about the the new orange unis? What do you guys no. think? I like it. I like it. I actually dig <laughs> I, it. I actually dig I think – I, I don't love know the Aiden shirt, though. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Cavs black uniforms, but these are literally just those with just a sun's skin. <laughs> I mean, I like them. I like them, but I definitely think there needs to be a little bit more purple. Like, our uniforms are abysmal. I don't understand how once we had some of the greatest uniforms in the league – and now they're just so plain. I don't understand. Well, I think at least uh, better than last year's, where it was that yeah, purple yeah. with the constellation oh, that made. Like, what is that? Like, <laughs> that makes no sense with the Phoenix Suns. Like, what what that guy? I don't know if you guys see that guy that does all the the uniform edits on Twitter, but those things are fucking amazing. Like yeah, we need those as our primaries. I don't understand. They're so I have to ask Richard while you're here. Uh, we've started. We've begun the draft talk on our podcast, and and. It could last another, I don't know, six months. We have no idea when the draft is going to be. But just from your perspective, Richard, I know you follow the draft very closely. Uh, and this is a weird draft where there's like a lot of different varying opinions on who's the best and who's, uh, who should be drafted high and who shouldn't be. 
Uh, who do you think is the number – who's worthy of the number one pick this year, Richard? Oh, man. Worthy? I mean, I'd say there's a couple guys that I would take number one, and there's only really two, which are Lamelo and Anthony Edwards. Uh, oh. Just because – yeah, my number, even though Melo is actually my number three, Okongu is my number two. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, those two just have the highest upside, and guard is always going to be probably that and winger, the two most valuable positions. So those are probably the two I would go with. But I don't think the best player is going to be the top pick or, you know, one of the top picks. It's probably going to be someone that's completely hidden just because this process is so weird that, like, the randomness from this is just going to cause, you know, someone like pick will be the best player in the draft kind of thing. I mean, I can, I can totally see the Suns getting the number one pick and taking James Wiseman. Can't you guys? <laughs> oh, my God. That would be uh, the end of this podcast. So Twin Towers. <laughs> Twin Towers, baby. Twin yeah. Towers. Yeah! <laughs> Bringing it back. That's, that's how be, they would brand it to Dragon, us. Dragon Bender all over again. <laughs> hey, no Dragon Bender slander, please. <laughs> oh, all the Dragon Bender all slander. All of it. Oh, uh, we got, oh, we got, right, got Bender Island enough, here? That's where <laughs> I draw the line. Dragon, uh, Dragon Bender slander. Kellen, I'm going to bring you. Is Kellen still here? Kellen is still here. Kellen, I'm going to bring you still here. What's you up? wrote a good summary of the uh, interesting storyline that came out of nowhere this week, which was Jason Tatum wanted to be on the Phoenix Suns, <laughs> uh, supposedly. I think that he kind of exaggerated that a little bit. I think there are some holes in that story that are kind of interesting. One yeah. being Jason Tatum kind of said that he did not work out for the Suns. The other being uh, supposedly there was a workout where he made 40 corner threes in a row. Is that semantics? Is Kellen, what's your impression? Is that just some, one person calling something a workout and the other person not considering it a it's workout? Just, yeah, it's, it's just brief exaggerations, like, all around. Like, did he make 43s in a row? No. Did he make, like, an astounding amount where they were really taken aback by it? Yeah, probably. Like, he probably made, like, 35 or 38 or something, and they were like, holy shit. We need I don't think he hit that many. Tatum's not that lights out. <laughs> you just want to throw him in an open gym right now and be like, make 38. I dare you. I think he might be able to do that. Uh, do, you, do you think the Suns really had Tatum above Josh Jackson on their draft board? Uh, Watson did, that's for sure, with the way he was tweeting and, and everything that he said he did. Did the Suns actually? Um, I'm, I don't think so because, I mean, isn't the Suns draft board Sarver's draft board? He didn't have him above him, so. Yeah. I think I think you're right about that. Dave King, Dave, you've been covering the team for a long time. Do you agree with that? Oh, uh, gosh. Okay, so after listening to every uh, – well, not as many as Kellen, but almost every Earl Watson press conference for a year and a half there, a little over a year and a half, um, I just heard the Earl Watson in the, in the comments <laughs> on, on Jake yeah, King's totally. article. And basically, I mean, listen, uh, the, look, the quotes he made of – we made 43s in a row. Okay, fine. And then Earl's like, and then Sarver wanted him to show something else. And I just thought that was it. That's all we needed to see for a workout. Just let him keep shooting until he misses. That's not a workout. I mean, that's just, that's just come on. Yeah, any of us could go do that. Good. No, I Lord. couldn't. I, I couldn't. Here's I what couldn't. I think about all of it. I, I think. No, but he wanted to stop. Earl wanted to stop the work. He says to Jake. Go put the jumpers up. We, he's good. He's What's good. that? Just, just they just told Tatum, ah, just go hit some jumpers. You'll be all right. I mean, that's yeah. kind of how drive workouts are. What? You know, and that only gave me like uh, shivers from watching Michael Beasley's um, promo video when all he did was take twenty footers around the horn, and <laughs> and advertising how much how great he would be for the signs. And so, I mean, probably Sarver had nightmares from that too. I don't know. I, mean, I think Eddie I'm Johnson not defending Sarver at all. Him. Sarver is a fool. 
But <laughs> you don't just have a dude take 23 pointers out of, out of script off a workout and then say you're done. I mean, obviously Earl was exaggerating. Well, here's what I'll say. I read all the stories. I, 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 of course, followed all the Twitter drama. The one part of it I think that is the most believable and, and just doesn't feel like something somebody made up is Sarver saying, we don't need another Devin Booker. That feels like a true detail. You can kind of tell when people are lying, but when the details of things get that specific, someone saying something like that that just fits their character so well, I tend to believe it. And I think someone like him saying, oh, we don't need another one of those, well, I mean, it's wrong. It, it reminds but, me but of my recollection at the time was that he did seem like another Devin Booker. I mean, and I that's a, isn't that a good thing? Uh, at the time, <laughs> Devin Booker was just a jump shooter who couldn't pass very well. He was a three assist a game dude. I mean, let's go back to 2017 draft. I mean, or yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, it just reminds um, he was me at of... the time he wasn't as, as complete. And so, uh, you kind of need a defense next to him. I didn't like TJ Warren being next to Devin Booker because he was offense only. Yeah, offense only in a completely different way, I, I will say. But what it reminded me of is there's a famous story about the Warriors almost trading Clay Thompson for Kevin Love and basically Jerry West saying, over my dead body. And, and, and <laughs> what happened there is a lot of the people that were running the Warriors at the time just kind of believed that maybe they didn't need two Steph Currys, if you will, two guys that were just knockdown shooters and uh, Jerry West saying that's the future of the NBA. And, and to think about how differently uh, that Warriors dynasty would have played out had they traded Clay Thompson for Kevin Love, that's a completely different team. That's a completely different situation. Imagine if they had said, we don't need two Steph Currys. Turns out that, that they did need that, and that's actually a good thing to have two guys that can knock shots down. But I don't know. It just seems it's kind of an interesting story. But, uh, Sam, I, I feel like I've been talking a lot, and I'm carrying some weight here. Do you have anything to say on that? I mean, uh, honestly, no, and let me tell you why. We have 23 people in here right now. Mm-hmm. I'm over on Mikhail Bridges' Twitch stream uh, watching him play COD in another tab. He's only got 27 <laughs> viewers. So if everyone in here right now – goes over to Mikhail Bridges' Twitch real quick. Stay in here too, stay in the Zoom, but go to Mikhail Bridges' Twitch, spam his chat and ask him to respond to Mike's DM and <laughs> enter this Zoom right now so that we can talk to him. I, I really appreciate him, that. That's why I was distracted for a couple minutes, yeah. not going to lie. I did send Mikhail Bridges a link to this Zoom because, wow, who knows? Maybe he would join. <laughs> He's streaming on Twitch to 25 people. Come on, we have the same amount of people in here right now. He can afford to do it. He has, hey, he has 20 some people in here that will pay him way more attention. <laughs> and I think uh, if we can kind of go back to talking about the draft, I think the Suns' destiny, their whole thing, would be a lot better if they just knew how to draft. Over the last, I don't know, five, six years, how many like good, good picks have they had? Like, honestly, like great picks. Other than outside of Bridges, um, Aiton. Uh, so, well, that's okay. it. I said Booker, no, Booker, and Booker, Booker and Booker. Booker was 20, 20 what, 2013? Booker uh, yeah. was 2015. Uh, 2015. Sorry. So it's interesting. Um, it, the SB Nation is actually doing a group redraft. Like, oh, you no. can't just redraft your own team, but it's a group <laughs> draft of the 2014, 15, and 16 drafts. And me and Brendan Clean Shit. have been monitoring it from the Sun side. And it's quite interesting because not every draft goes 10 deep on good player. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, um, yeah you got to give up Devin Booker, obviously, off the 2015 draft because someone's going to take him ahead of 13. In fact, um, breaking news here, he went second in this redraft um, in 2015. So we lost him. 
But can you put together a better team without an all-star if, you know, in the, in the, where the Suns are picking in those drafts? It was actually pretty sketchy for a little while there. We'll, we'll post the results on Brightside. Um, we did get lucky in one place. Um, but really, you know, Devin Booker almost makes everything else. If, if you were actually, if everyone had hindsight, not just one team, but all 30 teams had hindsight, <laughs> the drafts don't go that deep. You know, there's not that many awesome players to where no matter where you're picking, you could get a really good player. Dragon Bender, come on. I'm, I'm <laughs> no, no, 2016 turned out to be a pretty damn good redraft. I'll what's that, what's the I'll, biggest one? What's the I'll biggest that. miss That's from insane. those two years? Is it still, I still think it's Jackson instead of Darren Fox. Like yeah. that, I mean, well, outside of Luca and Aiden. No, actually, Chris and Bender, Bender draft. The biggest yeah, Marquise but, Chris, but Chris yeah. and Bender, here's the thing. Chris and Bender are the biggest misses, but who are you taking in that position instead? Yeah, Does well, that make sense? Like, four and eight, I will tell you, it, it's a hell of a draft. That's the one that saved the Suns. Like 2015 now is a dog um, in a redraft because there's, there's, there isn't enough guys because um, the Suns drafted 13. But, man, 2016 actually could have been a banner Year. Yeah. Who does Let me sons- jump in real quick if I can. 2014 uh, was also yeah. kind of crap. Yeah, John, feel free. John, hop in. Hey. Well, because I love, you know, listening to people who, uh, you know, have a lot more knowledge about the, the college game and the Europeans and, and those who are entering the draft. And, and that's what I normally do when we're getting ready. Well, let's, let's be honest. It's been November, December almost uh, every year for the last decade. But uh, now that we're, you know, in this weird state, I think, I think I'm just going to come clean in this group. I feel like we're all in the trust tree together. So here's my take on the draft. It is the most overrated part of building a winning basketball team. Ah. And we have seen that firsthand here in Phoenix. And the reason I believe it's the case is because the NBA has it bass backwards in a way. The best teams finish lower, right? So they're picking in the low, in the low tw- high 20s, you know, all the way to 30. And they're getting more experienced players, by and large, that can come in and actually contribute to winning basketball. Whereas the worst teams are picking teenagers who need to be taught how to play winning basketball. And so even if they are going to be good, it's an investment of a solid three to five years on average for them to be really winning basketball players we've seen this firsthand I mean I mean maybe you guys disagree with me but I mean from my standpoint I think it's it's nerve-wracking because as a young team and you can bash the GMs you can bash the owner you can bash everybody but my take is kind of different I, I look at the way the league is set up and it's set up for young teams to fail because they have to wait too long for a, a draft pick that's supposedly the payoff for being a bad team uh, to actually pay off. Yeah, I mean, I hear what you're saying, John. I think it's it's set up for young teams to fail to an extent, but it's mostly set up for teams with bad management to fail. And, you know, I look, I look at a thing like there are a lot of young teams that are able to rebuild pretty efficiently. Uh, just you, bringing it back to the Tatum story this week, what would Jason Tatum have done under Earl Watson, even if the Suns had the chance to draft him? You know, there's such a good chance that you have a great talent there. And by all accounts, there was a reason a lot of people had Josh Jackson mocked higher than Jason Tatum coming out of college because they were neck and neck in terms of talent as prospects. But the systems you put them in were so different. And there's there's a real argument to be made that you put Josh Jackson under Brad Stevens system in Boston and he flourishes and you put Jason Tatum running layup lines with Earl Watson and he struggles. I mean, maybe not to the extent to the same extremes that we've seen. 
But, the, you know, the Suns haven't been struggling for the past several years just because they're young. That's a lame excuse. There are plenty of young teams that have done better at building a good culture. The Suns have needed to fix their culture issue for years. Hopefully with the signing of Monty in, in the past year and James Jones, they finally kind of got on the right path to doing that. But it's been a long time that that, that has been their biggest issue. I think well, that- but, you, but you nailed it, Sam, because you talked about hopefully you're going to keep these guys in place. And I think that's the biggest thing with, with successful teams is continuity. So, again, when it comes to the continuity, yeah, it starts all the way from the top and goes all the way down to your rookie class. But you shouldn't be dependent on rookies or even second-year, right. third-year guys right. to be right. your, right. Right. your right. starters, your leaders, your stars to lead you to the playoffs or to a championship eventually. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. Even even the position that Devin Booker's been put in, I, I think that it's been a kind of a conversation online this last week for some reason. But the position that he's been put in just to lead this team at such a young age, I think he was the youngest player drafted the year that he was drafted. And the idea that he was put in that position to be a leader is kind of crazy. And I think to both of your points, weirdly, John and Sam, I think that Josh Jackson, that the Celtics would have had the luxury of being able to play Josh Jackson less minutes because they had more depth. Remember, the Celtics were not there picking that high because they were a bad team. They were picking that high because they made some really smart trades in previous years, and that allowed them to pick uh, at a really high pick. Had they drafted Josh Jackson, I don't know that he would have been successful immediately, but I think that the Celtics had the ability of pulling him when he made mistakes and and forcing him to ride the pine a little bit more, whereas the Suns kind of were in a position where they had to play him a lot. So I think to, to both of your points, that's actually true. It's just rare that a team as good as the Celtics have the ability to draft that high. I do want to ask you, John, uh, on that, does that mean that you're looking at the pick that the Suns have this year, sort of almost regardless of where they pick? It could be one to four, and if it's not one to four, it's likely going to be ten. It's uh, very unlikely that somebody after the tenth pick jump the Suns, but it's possible too, so they could pick a little bit later. But, John, are you thinking that the Suns should probably trade that pick? I mean, I don't know. It depends on what they're trading it for. That's a, a cop-out, I know. But, right. uh, you know, if it's for uh, a big-time power forward that can step right in and contribute, yes, I, I trade it. Uh, if it's, uh, you know, for uh, to get rid of a contract, then I probably think twice about that. Uh, we've seen enough of that, right? I mean, look, I, I get it. I understand the business. I know that they've had to make certain moves. Uh, and, you know, to be honest, I'm, I'm pretty impressed with what James Jones has, has done with what he's had to work with. And I definitely love Monty Williams and his staff that he put together. And I can't wait to see them, you know, long term with this group. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it's a situation where I just feel like for this team to really take the next step, it can't be all about 19, 20-year-old guys. It's got to be no about doubt. guys who have been there and done that and can help lead and uh, know what it takes uh, to get it done. I can Can ask a question. Yeah, go for it. All right. Um, Hey guys. Hey. Um, Hey. Yeah. I was just thinking about what John was saying, like the winning the the teams that are better picking later in the lottery and getting these older guys who have more experience and stuff. Do you think that James Jones is really smart in kind of getting Cam Johnson and Mikhail Bridges higher up in the draft and getting higher quality? older guys who can contribute right away rather than the better teams that are waiting like way later in the draft and like kind of cutting, nipping that in the bud and like getting the better guys who are available at those points. Uh, Mike, do you want to take that one? Should I go for it? 
Oh, you can go ahead, Sam. I think he was asking John, but Sam, if you want to. I was asking John. Are you asking John or are you asking (laughs) us? Um, I don't know. I mean, you mentioned, you mentioned McHale. McHale was McDonough, but it's funny because James Jones has really only made that one pick in Cam Johnson. And I think we, it's natural for us with the constant 24, seven, 365 cycle of, of we're diehard Suns fans and we think about the Suns all the time. So we maybe overthink about that pick a little bit, like, just because James Jones took Cam Johnson that one time, I don't think that actually means that that's his defining strategy as a, as a GM and how he evaluates talent. I wish I had the access to James Jones where I could really sit down with him and talk about what that process is because I'm sure he would say that there, there's a lot more that goes into that than just getting older guys. But to your point, I think that's absolutely what the strategy is given where the Suns are at right now with the talent they have right now and trying to fit pieces around Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton particularly going into a draft like this where we know that there's probably not a clear-cut future number one franchise cornerstone that you can pluck with those first few picks, they're kind of hedging their bet on the idea that Devin Booker is your future number one, DeAndre Ayton's your future number two, or who knows, maybe Ayton will be better than, than Booker one day. I per- personally think that's possible. Um, but once, once you know that, I think that's possible. I want to open up the hot take segment in a minute, and that's mine. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but just to finish this thought, you know, Cam Johnson is is the start of grabbing these high quality older role players. And I think that's the strategy that makes the most sense for the Suns right now. That's why, you know, you'll catch Mike and I talking about these slightly more polished prospects that may or may not be available in the 10 range like Devin Vassell or whoever, because they're just plug and play guys like a Cam Johnson. And, and yeah, for James Jones, that strategy really does make sense. One thing yeah, I want just... to see from James Jones is I want to see him maybe get a little bit aggressive, try and get like trade talks going. I feel like the Suns have a lot of young talent and maybe they can pull a pick or two. I think he, I well, think I'm sure he uh, is. Yeah, I'm sure I, he's I, talking, but like, what do you, yeah. what do you want? You know, like I, they, aggressive they, and they trade talks need, for what? They need a power forward and a, and a good one. I, uh, think that's I, I don't know if uh, I, Dar- I, I don't know. I don't, I don't really. think Dario is cutting it. I really don't. Well, I'm not counting Dario in that. I, I really enjoyed the starting lineup that included both uh, Kelly Oubre and Mikhail Bridges. And, of course, we've, we've talked extensively on this podcast about how sustainable that is. I'm just not convinced that making trading assets, significant assets for a power forward, say, like Aaron Gordon, as people like to bring up, is worth it when that starting lineup showed some incredible chemistry and the majority of them are young enough to continue improving outside of Ricky Rubio, I think, in a lot of ways, this summer could be, I don't know when it's going to be, the the actual offseason. It could be the fall. But it could be looking for the replacement, the long-term replacement for Ricky Rubio going forward instead of looking for that power forward. And that's not to say that we don't need other players off the bench with size. That's something that they likely do need. Um, I'm just not convinced that a starting power forward is this massive hole that this team needs to fill. But I am not going to let Sam get away with saying that he believes that DeAndre Ayton could be a better player than Devin Booker going forward. I need you to explain yourself. Well, is that really that ridiculous? I mean, other people could chime in with that one. It, let, it's let it's about you. defense. I don't, I don't let me just ask you. As ridiculous. Who's the best center in the NBA right now? Uh, DeAndre Ayton. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Jokic. Jokic. Jokic, Jokic, Embiid. I mean, yeah, yeah. Embiid, Embiid, Embiid Jokic. when he's healthy, probably. Embiid when he's healthy, yeah. <laughs> Embiid when he's healthy, maybe. Okay, and where does... Bam Adebayo next season? Let's just settle on Embiid. Where does Embiid rank in the top players of the NBA? He's in the uh, top 15. 10 to 15, yeah. Top yeah. 10 to 15. So that means that the best possible center in the NBA will peak out at 
10 to 15, maybe 10 at best, 15 more realistically in the NBA. Well, well, let's be honest. Booker's not a top 10 player unless he, you know, fixes the defense. He's not a top 10 player he just, currently. He but never he's will be. He's a 23-year-old guard, and I think the ceiling as far as how good guard can be, guards can be in the NBA is so, so, so much higher than how good a center can be in the NBA. But I think you, you, you deserve a chance to explain yourself. So I'll well, like, no, I, I mean, well, no, look, I, it's – Oh, Kellen, go for, like, Sam, it, go for I it. I think maybe the question is if DeAndre becomes like this defensive, like just – freak of nature that we've seen like little brief glimpses of like I always reference the overtime game in Orlando where he made like six plays in two minutes if he's if he's like this just he switches on everything can like face up and guard anyone and then protects the rim like everything comes together is that is that better for your team than what Devin does like offensively I think that's here's like so you're talking what Kellen is what Kellen is talking about right now is that it's it's a different version but it's the same essential problem as the Donovan Mitchell Rudy Gobert kind of relationship right it's the idea that Aiton pushes his defense and he's not going to be Rudy Gobert but he has some sort of mix of offense and defense that he becomes a more impactful player than Devin Booker but Devin Booker by virtue of being the shooting guard who kind of looks and and the feel to his game it's kind of Kobe-esque He's always going to get more media coverage. He's always going to be the alpha of this team, given that we, we know that that's what his personality is. I do think that within two or three years, though, there's a chance that he's not actually the best player. Aiton is going to be the one who contributes to more wins. He's going to set the tone for your defense, your physicality. I know that sounds strange to say after what we saw from him in his rookie year, but he does all of those things in addition to uh, adding strengths to his offensive game as well. I think as far as improving talent-wise, I think it's going to be a lot easier for, for DeAndre Ayton to improve on his game tenfold rather than Devin Booker. Like, Devin Booker, yeah, he can get better at defense, but no, how no, much no, better no. can he really I'm sorry. get? I can't allow that <laughs> to be said. I just watched a 2K tournament where Devin Booker, up by 20, got blocked on a jump shot and screamed at the, at the Xbox like he was the most pissed person I could ever see. This guy hates, hates hates losing and I think when you have that mentality there's just something different about that I think it's important to remember Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton not that far on age here they're not that far apart they're maybe a year and a half maybe two years at the most I'm not exactly sure uh, what that age distance is but I think the idea that Devin Booker is going to continue to improve is there because he's got the mentality for it. He just does not like to lose. He's, he's kind of one of those psychopaths that has to destroy you at everything, as we saw, uh, when, as we see when he plays Call of Duty, as we see when he plays 2K, and he does his best, although he's hampered by the Phoenix Suns organization, on the NBA court as well. I think there's a couple people in here that could have an interesting perspective that are relatively level-headed, and I want to ask them. Cody... I, I don't think you've said anything yet. Cody, are you asleep yet? If you're still Wait, awake, actually, I actually, I'm, if I can I'm jump barely in. barely not asleep. Actually, <laughs> if I could jump in really quickly, I'm so sorry to derail. I, I have to hop off. I have an interview here in a second, but I did want to say, Sam and Mike, uh, congratulations on 100, man. I remember coming in for one of your early shows, and you guys were still <laughs> finding your sea legs and figuring yeah, out babies. and, and yeah. unsure yourselves, and it is so damn cool to see what you guys have grown into and become and this community that you built, it's incredible, man. 100 is amazing, and I'm just so happy for you guys, and congratulations, brother. Thank you, Sean. That's appreciate Sean that, Sean. Friday. You're the best. Yeah, yeah, thank you for joining us. I appreciate Absolutely. that. All right, Cody, I know you're here. I want to hear your opinion on this. You, you're a relatively level-headed person, maybe the most level-headed people uh, on Sun's Twitter. Uh, Didn't we decide that it's him? I think we, we like, I did. And, and That's he what was I said. the one who proposed it. 
He fucking worked himself into it. (laughs) (laughs) Cody, what do you think? I'm sorry. I don't even remember what the question was. Do you think that it's possible, or do do you think that it's likely that DeAndre Ayton becomes a better player than Devin Booker at any point in either of their careers? Likely, definitely not. I think it's possible, though. Like you guys have said, he's got the defensive uh, upside a lot more there. He's got the athleticism. Before I, I expound any more, though, Mike, I, I, I see someone in the in this group named Caitlin Vigil. Is that like your mom or something? <laughs> that's my sister. That's your sister. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, like, that's kind of cool you invite your mom to the, to the, to the podcast. Oh, my mom could not bear more than a minute or two of basketball talk you know this is my mom's opinion of basketball she'll watch the playoffs a little bit because my dad watches and then the finals a little bit because my dad watches and she'll and i'll talk to her about it and she'll say things like i like lebron james or (laughs) i like kevin durant he seems nice (laughs) yeah so basically she could tweet for magic johnson i think (laughs) yeah um no she's gonna cheer for whoever has the saddest story Yes, that's that's my sister. My mom, she watches like those five minute featurettes during Inside the NBA and just yeah. completely sway. I like Donovan. Be a Suns fan if she likes sad stories. Yeah, seriously. If you like just getting disappointed year after year after year. <laughs> exactly. As far as going back to Devin Booker, as far as you know, putting him with like the rest of his competition, where do you guys see him as far as top shooting guards in the league? Like, where would you put Devin Booker? as far as his competition at the position? That's an interesting I'd, question. I'd say top... Cause I'd say well, who's, in, who's in the discussion with him, right? Are we going to include... Like, are we just talking about the 2019-20 season? Because that's, I think... Yeah, like Harden, Clay, uh, Mitchell... Clay didn't play. Like, Beal. You, well, I'm, I'll definitely take... I'm going to take Booker over Mitchell every day. I don't care. Well, you're preaching to the choir, I think, on that one. <laughs> you are definitely preaching to the choir on that one. The jury's still out for me on Beal because I feel like he's just on the East Coast Suns. Like, he's just rotting away over in Washington. Okay, Beal's really good. <laughs> Beal <laughs> I mean, it's is, important Beal's to say really that. Good. I think that I look at Devin Booker's trajectory as uh, Bradley Beal ask and it's possible that he'll be better but if that's how good he becomes that's still really good I, it's, I'm, okay, but, I'm okay with the west coast bradley beal i'm completely okay with that yeah i just think that that is an interesting point i you know james james harden is an interesting one obviously better uh than devin booker but you know uh, clay when he comes back i'll i would have to take clay just because of the defense as well yeah the, I've, I've noticed some warriors fans floating out trying to trade Clay Thompson for Giannis if Giannis ever wants out of Milwaukee. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, listen, I like Clay, but wow. Wow. <laughs> I'm not sure that that would be, uh, that would be something that... Winning they... does some crazy stuff to your confidence, man. It's just, it's crazy. Oh, we're yeah. going to be so fucking insufferable five years from now if we ever, like oh, if we yeah. were the next Warriors, uh, if we were the next Warriors um, and we rack up a few championships, we're, everyone's going to hate us on well, it. Well, we don't have to worry about that. 
It really I don't know how when the, the, uh, the more I like Josh Jackson group didn't come together because that team would have been so like you would have fucking hated that team so much if you were like opposing fans and stuff. Well, or oh, if yeah. you're just I a did. fan of the Suns like me and I hated them. Yeah, <laughs> true. What happens, if, uh, what happens if the Suns win a title before the Mavs? I like I'm, I'm praying there's no other Mavs fans on here, but like would that really <laughs> would the world burn? <laughs> like yeah, that's a. Like, I don't think that. There's- Sufferable Mavs fans that like I see on y'all's mentions on here and whew, God like okay. y'all kind of deserve it more than like us at that point. Well, <laughs> like, to get well first of all, we absolutely have one. It. We absolutely deserve it yeah, more true. than than Mavs fans because you have one already, and yeah. <laughs> and that's enough uh, on, on its own. Um, but here I do want to say so that was Richard's statement again for those listening on the podcast who is a Mavs fan, also a Secret Suns fan, as we all know. Uh, Mavs fans are great in my experience. Now, I can't speak for everyone on here, but I, I'm not like I, I don't I find them to be great most of the time. Ninety ninety five percent of the time. We're not talking about jazz fans where it's mostly terrible almost all the time. Uh I hundred percent agree with that. I think Mavs fans are awesome. Yeah, and I don't I yeah. don't think I harbor any resentment to them just because I'm a huge fan of Luka Doncic. Like that's fine. You ended up with that guy. We got our guy. I'm looking forward to our battles going forward. If the Suns won a championship before the Mavs with that group, that would be one of the most, uh, one of the best things possible, I think, for Suns fans. Because talk about vindication. The one thing I wouldn't like about that is McDonough's. Uh, he would go on a, a interview spree, just celebrating how he was right that entire time, and I don't think I could support that. <laughs> I wouldn't enjoy that very much. I just need the Suns to win one before the Sixers because I'll tell you what, Sixers fans over here are terrible, <laughs> absolutely terrible. They flip-flop on their team more than any other franchise I've ever seen. It's constantly, you know, Simmons is fine, then Simmons got to go, then they were all shit-talking Markel. We'll take him. Uh, yeah, I'll take one Ben Simmons, please. Yeah, Sixers fans, they just they don't appreciate what they have. They really don't. They have I think that's an squad. East Coast thing in general because Knicks fans are the same way. Although I guess Brooklyn, Brooklyn fans are pretty what nice. What do the but... Knicks fans have to appreciate, Sam? I, I don't. I think they're they're allowed to be angry. <laughs> I don't. I, don't I think know, Knicks dude. fans collectively are just so happy that they can all be angry at the same thing. I think that's the only <laughs> thing they have to look forward to is, is how bad Dolan is. Like Dolan might be worse than Sarver. I do feel like like a weird kinship with Knicks fans because of what they have to deal with and what we have to deal with as Suns fans. Uh, so I appreciate them for that. I want to ask, since it's, we're getting close to an hour here, Sam, obviously you're in New York and you're in like the north side of New York, I guess. Or, yeah, I'm in the <laughs> irrelevant side of New York now. Uh, which means you're very far from the Suns, um, which means you're probably in the United States, the person that's the furthest uh, away from uh, where I am, which is downtown Phoenix, right next to the arena. Oh, yeah, you actually might be farther than me. Yeah, he definitely is. And there are 20 people still in this chat. Is anyone here in a different country? I want to ask that. Yes, I am. All right. Who is that? Who's talking? Uh, my name is Max. Max, where are you from? Uh, I'm from New York City, but uh, I live in Japan. Oh, Whoa! that is so fucking sick. <laughs> Coolest Damn, fucking man. guy in here by far. Instantly. <laughs> First of all, Max, uh, you're from New York and you're in Japan. Neither of those have anything to do with the Phoenix Suns. Are you a Phoenix Suns fan or are you just really like me? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm a diehard fan. Uh, my dad comes from a country that doesn't watch basketball. So uh, when I was a little kid, I 
pick the first team I ever watched, which was a Joe Johnson Phoenix Suns game. So ah, yeah, yeah, I've, yeah. I, I've been stuck with them ever since. First of all, <laughs> nobody ever calls that era a Joe Johnson. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> what I well, I mean, it was like it was it was two thousand three. So. Oh, okay, like a like a Marbury like a Marbury game the season before uh, Nash. Well, like I had a I had a Marbury in New York jersey. I mean, he's a New York icon, a legend. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah I, mean, I, don't know. I was I was a huge Marbury fan. What do you do in Japan, Max? I teach English. I'm sorry. What was that? I teach English. You teach English. That's awesome. I feel like everyone I've ever met that has lived in Japan teaches English in Japan <laughs> for whatever reason. That seems like a common job for Americans in Japan. I appreciate you joining us. Uh, what time is it in Japan right now? What time is it? It's uh, 2 p.m. 2 p.m. Uh, well, that's nice of you to join us here. Is anyone else? Hey, here? guys. You got oh, Gene. Like big time, man. Yeah. Gene, aren't you Australian? Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't answer before because I was sitting at my desk at work, so I had to uh, Wait, run didn't... to the store <laughs> Dave, oh, that's what that noise was. Didn't David Nash ask us to ask an Aussie something if oh, they yeah. joined the punt? What, what did he it? say? Let me see. He okay. said he, we need an Australian to explain. Congrats on raising the bat. Can you explain does that it, to us, Gene? Does that, that have any relevance thing? to you? Oh uh, yeah. Well, I'm not. I'm not a big cricket guy, so that's probably going to go over my head. But I'm assuming it's uh, to do with getting a se- getting a century in cricket. You get a hundred. Oh, probably raise okay. your bat. Um, but I've probably just put all of Australia to shame by not knowing much about cricket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one thing I wanted to quick jump out and say is I'm really sorry if I'm taking up a lot of the uh, the talk time here. It's just this is the most Suns talk I've had in about a year. There are no nothing Suns related to me, so it's it's really nice to just be around guys that have the same respect for a team that I do. And it is great. Like it, I have to just listen to Sixers fans all the time, just tell me how how great their team. <laughs> how shit we are all the time. <laughs> uh, so, no problem, Justin. We appreciate you joining us. I, did I hear Matt from Montreal as well? Was that what I heard? Yeah. Well, let's listen, Justin. You think you got problems with Sixers fans? Like, the only basketball fans up here in Montreal are Raptors fans. <laughs> and they have a lot to talk so about. You think I, I got enough fucking shit up here? You don't have any great Vancouver Grizzlies guys up there? <laughs> Former Grizzlies. <laughs> Hold on. We don't communicate with the West Coast <laughs> too far. I guess in the in the continental uh, United or in the entire Americas, Matt would be the furthest away. He's a little further from from you than you, Sam. Probably he's definitely further than me. <laughs> so, Matt, appreciate bit, you man. hopping on. Hey, but I got central. I got ties to Central New York too, uh, Sam. My my uh, in laws are from Syracuse, so I go. Yeah, I know. If John's still on here, I don't. I believe he is. Yeah. He uh, oh, he's yeah. a Syracuse alum too. So we definitely we definitely have some Suns fans out here. Go yeah, Orange. I, I assume that's uh, yeah. Go Orange. Nash related. I I don't know. I just assume everyone is a fan of the Suns that's not from the Arizona because of Steve Nash. So is that true for you, Matt? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I I just got into basketball because I hated Michael Jordan so much in nineteen ninety three, and the Suns were. <laughs> The Suns are in the finals against the Bulls. So that's, you know, that kind of started my Suns fandom. Oh, that's great. Well, 
I want to go ahead and wrap up. I appreciate everyone for joining. This was really fun. I think we peaked at around 25 people. We, hit, we still have 20 people left uh, all the way through this entire thing. I'm just going to shout out everyone that's still on here. Boyd Crawley, thank you for joining us. John Bloom, wow, what a, what a man, John. Legend. Yes. Actual legend. Of course, Justin, Matt, Sam, of course, you have to be here. Uh, Cody, Jacob, <laughs> I don't think we heard Jacob. Feel free to say something now, Jacob, if we haven't heard your voice yet. Uh, <laughs> Kellen, Kellen. Thank you so much, of course. Uh, one of hey, love you guys. Of course. Uh, Matt, Peak Rubio. I don't think Who is Peak Rubio? Is that the Twitter account, Peak Rubio? <laughs> yes, sir. Thank you. Thank for you so jo- much for joining us. Yeah, what's your real name? Peak Rubio. Real name is Alex, but uh, yeah. Alex. Alex. Th- uh, oh, hot, you take, know what? hot take for you, Sam, because you wanted to bring that up earlier. Yes, please. Yes, please. Su- I think the Suns have their starting point guard of the future already on the roster. Elliot Kobo, oh. Jim McHugh, Ty Jerome. Oh no! <laughs> hey, get this, get this. Ty Jerome, at, even though the season's probably ended, he's averaged more points his rookie year than Steve Nash. <laughs> I'm just saying that. Okay, you know guy. what? It's possible. It's possible. Uh, I really hope okay. I'm not the only one that can't stand having Ty Jerome. I just don't uh, think he's it. First of all, how dare you? Uh, second of all, <laughs> before, before we wrap this up, I was about to end this, but it looks like we just had someone that I have to shout out just join us. It looks like Lindsay Smith is on the call now. Is that true? No way. Is she really? What? Hi, guys. Whoa. What? <laughs> how are you? Good. Lindsay, thank Good, you so you? much for joining us. I, I like your, uh, yes. your, your, your delayed, uh, you know, jumping on here Lindsay. this is awesome that's the smart thing to do i think <laughs> well it wasn't intentional we had a lot of stuff to get done at work today and it kind of went a little bit longer than expected but i just realized i got home and i realized this is happening so i figured i'd see if you guys were still on i appreciate you joining us Lindsay. i have to ask you you've been really surprisingly busy i think uh since there's been no nba season really happening for the last well, whatever it's been it feels like a year but it's been like a few months now uh what have the last few months been like trying to navigate your job within this weird environment well thankfully we it's 2020 so the internet exists and it's pretty um substantial in terms of being able to communicate over it so we've been trucking along like usual I mean we have tons of zoom meetings and calls and interviews with players and cool people around the Suns organization and we're still shooting videos when we can I mean I shoot a lot of stuff from home luckily I've got you know a good setup here with lights and a camera and audio equipment and all that stuff that I'm able to like make happen Um, But yeah, we've actually been staying really busy. I think it's just, you know, one of those times like we've got so much going on with the arena transformation and everything. So our content is still there because we've got so much to tell still. And then it'll be interesting to see come this weekend when uh, we might be able to get back to some type of voluntary practices. Mm, yeah, Definitely. that could be really, really interesting. And I appreciate all the work uh, that you're doing to keep us updated and everything. Do you have any thoughts on the uh, arena transformation so far? It looks pretty amazing from all the things that you've been posting. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be incredible. Like I have seen like, I mean, a lot of the same stuff you guys have seen. We've been pretty transparent about sharing everything. Um, but we were just at one of our things we were working on today, we've got a preview center that popped up or a transformation center. 
And you can kind of go in with a, an appointment. So obviously social distancing and all of the safety and health guidelines and everything and see exactly what like the suites are going to look like, the clubs are going to look like, get an idea of what the actual bowl is going to look like from the lower or the upper level, all that kind of stuff. And it's amazing how much we've been able to put together that'll let you see right now what the arena is going to look like come next season and then even years beyond next season. And I think one of the coolest things about, I guess, just the silver lining, if you will, is that we were able to push up construction. So we're getting a lot Mm. of stuff done that, you know, some of it was scheduled for next summer or some of it we weren't sure if it would be able to get done before the season started. So the arena is going to look so cool next year, like completely different. (laughs) Yeah, I was thinking we're that showing when, off some of the um, like the digital and audio upgrades this Thursday in our transformation ooh. Thursday. So be on the lookout for that. You'll see like oh, the, yeah. new, the new the uh, new center hung scoreboard and all that kind of stuff. Oh, getting Which rid I'm of the old Samsung phone, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, that guy's gone, and we got a nice new big <laughs> new one that um we'll be you know on par with everybody else's around the league so it's it's gonna be really cool i'm excited for that definitely can't wait to see that is there a chance if say the season is delayed maybe you don't know the answer to this so sorry to put you on the spot here but say the season is delayed and it's going to start later than anticipated is there a chance that the entirety of the arena renovations can be completed before the next season begins or is that not even on the table Honestly, I really can't speak to that just because I, I don't know. <laughs> right. I mean, it all kind of depends on if it is delayed, how long it is delayed, what it is that we want to try and push up if we can. Um, but I honestly, I, I wish I had more answers for you on that one. Oh, no, I, that's okay. Lindsay, real quick, we were, uh, we were throwing around earlier just casually our favorite memories of the season. Uh, is there anything that stands out to you as, I mean, we don't know if it's over obviously, but as you kind of reflect back, uh, any top moment for you as you covered the team this year? I mean, I would definitely, the first one that comes to mind is Devin's all-star appearance. That was really cool, um, to be able to witness and cover and just see how excited he was to be there representing the Suns and what it meant to him. And I honestly think that him, you know, it was a weird way that it all kind of went down, but it was really cool when you kind of look back on it now. Like the fans were so excited, the respect and the admiration he got from players around the league. And when Damian got hurt, you know, him kind of coming out, uh, you know, championing for Devin and saying like he deserves this spot and then other players calling him and telling him the same thing. And just, you know, that the excitement like could be felt far beyond just Phoenix and our fan base. Like you could tell players and fans across the league also were really excited for Devin for that opportunity. So for me, that's definitely the highlight of just being able to be there and witnessing it and experiencing it firsthand. That was really cool. Um, I don't know, but it was a, it was a pretty good season. I really like coach Monty. I like what he's doing here. I like, you know, some of the growth that we saw on the team side too. So I was yes. kind of bummed, you know, I love kind of that. we didn't get a, the full season. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe we will. <laughs> maybe we, we will. Might. <laughs> and you know what? If, if it does come back, the cool thing about it is it's allowed a lot of players to get healthy again. 
you know, mm-hmm. we've talked um, to Frank and he's fully healthy. I know Kelly's on his way and yeah. he's doing things. He's posting about it on Instagram too, yeah. like just sharing his recovery process, progress. So, I mean, that's kind of cool to see that our players are, are getting some rest that I'm sure that they needed and their bodies needed. And it's going to be really cool when the Suns win the lottery and trade the number one pick for Damian Lillard to finally pair him with Devin Booker <laughs> as teammates. Because clearly they want to play together. <laughs> Lindsay, thank you for joining us. Oh, actually, you know what, Lindsay? i got to ask you one more thing. Have you seen the practice facility? We, we love talking about the practice facility on this podcast. Have you seen it or have you seen at least photos of the inside of it? How's it looking? I haven't seen it in person because um, kind of the stay-at-home social right. distancing thing sort of happened like when we were doing a lot of the heavy lifting over in that space. But I have seen some pictures and some mock-ups of what it's going to look like. And I think it's going to be pretty awesome. I'm not going to lie. I kind of feel like I might want to spend a lot of my time at the practice facility. <laughs> like, is there a little office space I can take to work from here? Because I think it's going to be pretty awesome. I think our players are going to love it. And it's just going to take us to the next level for sure. And free agents too. Yeah. Going to have yeah. that same reaction. That's the goal. Trevor Reason might want to resign at that point. <laughs> not. Hey, uh, uh, real quick. Uh, sorry, it's it's one o'clock where I'm at, so it's pretty late. So I think I'm gonna head out of here. Uh, thank you guys so so much for having me. I love to do yes, this thank again. Thank you, Justin. Thank you. And of actually, course, gonna, thank you, Justin. We're gonna wrap it up right now, Lindsay. Thank you once again for joining us at the end here. I want to shout out everyone I missed yet. Uh, Boyd, Dave King, Dave. Thank you so much for joining us again. Do Ray Wallace, uh, Dylan Thompson, Jeannie. Uh, someone named Hooks Hot Cheese. I don't know who that is. Uh, Caitlin, my sister. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Max, <laughs> all the way from Japan. Uh, Matt Betts. Uh, Richard Stamen, a.k.a. Mavs Draft. That's how he's on, on our podcast. That's how we always introduce him. Uh, Titans iPad. Thank you so much for joining us. All of you, I appreciate you all coming on, having this awesome conversation about the Suns. And uh, from another perspective, just thank you, everyone, for listening us uh, to us for uh, our 100 episodes. I'm not sure if any of you have been around since the very, very beginning. If you have, thank you. Those of you who have joined us throughout the journey, thank you as well. I think it's been really fun to cover this team and meet all the people that we've been lucky enough to meet. Sam, do you have anything else before we end this one? No, I would just echo your sentiments, Mike. Whether you're a new listener, you've been with us for the very beginning, which I know isn't, isn't very many of you. Um, thank you so much. I can't express my gratitude enough how awesome it's been for us and and I think the only other thing I would say is that the next hundred episodes, the Suns are going to be a lot better of a team than they were for this first hundred episodes. So yeah. we have a lot to look forward to, and it's it's only up from here. All right, thank you, you everyone. You said that, Sam. <laughs> thank you, you everyone. We'll, we'll talk to you again next week. Maybe not all of you actually, but through some sort of podcast form. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks, guys. Thank Congrats, you, guys. guys. Bye, guys. See ya. This meeting is being recorded. This meeting is being recorded. 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 Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.